Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you are not an avid consumer of celebrity news, you might not know this, but the last few years have seen a small but steady stream of celebrity Christian conversions. This fall, the L.A. Inc. tattoo artist and goth icon Kat Von D. announced she was turning away from her interest in the occult and had been baptized in a small church in Indiana. On New Year's Eve, the child star Shia LaBeouf was confirmed into the Catholic Church at a Franciscan friary and announced that he's discerning a call to be ordained as a deacon. And of course, many people have been baffled by the strange spiritual journey of the rapper Ye, a.k.a. Kanye West, who's taken a strange detour from the years of Jesus Walks to Jesus to what seems to be an unusual mixture of genuine Christian faith and white supremacism, which is surprising for him. But my favorite celebrity Christian conversion of the last few years has to be the story of Father Deacon Mercurius, who was ordained a deacon by the Archpriest Saba, Bishop of the Georgian Orthodox Diocese of North America. This is the Georgian Orthodox Diocese, as in Georgia, over by Russia and Armenia, not the state of Georgia in the U.S. And he now serves at the Holy Monastery of St. Iakovos in Oklahoma, 
You've probably never heard of Father Mercurios, a name he took when he was ordained. You might have heard of Zach Hansen. Who knows the name Zach Hansen? Yeah, okay, the, 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 I, I see, this is, a, I see, I see, I know who you are. Um, those of you who haven't heard of Zach Hansen, which is his birth name, have undoubtedly heard the most famous work of Zach Hansen, released when he was just 11 years old, the youngest of the three Hansen brothers. <clears throat> I quote, Okay, so Zach Hansen of Hansen, the one-hit wonder but multi-platinum boy band of 1997. Of course, celebrities and quests for spiritual experience are like peanut butter and jelly. From time immemorial, celebrities have found the need to delve into the depths of the spirit, often in traditions from outside their own culture, so the Beatles in the 70s exploring Hinduism and so on, right? But there's something almost funny about the idea of a celebrity joining an ordinary local church. Imagine if Matt Damon moved back to Cambridge and decided he was looking for an Episcopal church, as he would naturally, and he decided to come down to St. John's. He couldn't walk in these doors on a Sunday morning without the paparazzi going crazy. He couldn't come down to coffee hour or go out for lunch with the rector. This is not a thing celebrities can do. Celebrities in our culture are so isolated, so cut off from all the ordinary things of community. And Christianity is fundamentally a communal faith. That's the strange thing, right, about a celebrity Christian conversion. God's call to us is always a call into some community, not just into a relationship with God alone. That's certainly the case when God calls Samuel. On the surface, this looks like a very individual call. Samuel literally hears the voice of God calling him by name, Samuel, Samuel. But Samuel can't understand this call alone. He has to go again and again to his mentor, Eli, before they realize together that it's God who's calling Samuel, not the priest. God is calling Samuel the individual, but that can only be understood in community. And likewise, Samuel's not just called in community, but he's called for the community because this message of judgment and despair that Samuel receives from God is actually a message about the community's well-being. The priest Eli's sons are also priests in the temple, a hereditary role, and they are abusing the community horribly, taking advantage of people, stealing food, right? Samuel's job is to deliver this word from God of judgment, right, of protection for the community from this abuse and misbehavior. So Samuel is called by God in a way he can't understand on his own, and he's called to do something that will be outside himself, something that will be for the community. The same thing is true when Jesus calls his disciples. They're called individually in the Gospels, but you might notice they often answer in pairs. What they're being called into is a new community in Christ. We sometimes say that we follow Jesus in 2023, but that can only ever be metaphorical. But for the disciples, it was a very literal thing. When Jesus says, follow me, that's a geographic idea. They're going to leave behind their homes, leave behind their communities, and come and join themselves to the community that's gathering around him. Their discipleship is not a cognitive idea, an idea, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, and then they stay at home. It's not even an action like serving the poor or doing something good for the community. It is itself a community. It's an experience that they can only have together. 
And that community gathering around Jesus is even wider than they know. As Jesus says at the very end of the gospel, they'll see not only their fellow disciples, but the very angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And after Jesus is gone, that community will remain, and it will spread and it will grow through all the world as they continue to invite people in with those same words, come and see. Within a few decades, it was clear to Paul how central this kind of community was to Christian faith. Paul writes all sorts of strange and wonderful things in his letters, but in 1 Corinthians especially, you hear again and again this image of the body of Christ. And Paul plays with the idea, what would it mean for each one of us to be a part of one body, a finger or an arm or a leg or a kidney or a heart? What each member of the body does affects all the others, Paul says. So when one member of the church is behaving badly, it's as if one of your hands was misbehaving. But when our gifts are united and working together in harmony, we achieve something that's much greater than the sum of the parts, right? Paul himself had a famously dramatic individual conversion, a call with a voice from heaven and a blinding light. But of course, Paul can only understand what that call is by going to another disciple, Ananias, who helps him see what's happened. And then he devotes the rest of his life to this nascent Christian community he's been trying to destroy. Yet again, there's an individual call that can only be understood in community. And it's a call that's for the community. It's the same exact pattern as Samuel's or Philip and Nathaniel's calls. I don't think it's a surprise that two of those celebrity converts, Shia LaBeouf and Zach Hansen, experienced their call into Christian faith as a call to the diaconate in particular, the order of ministry that's all about serving the community, about bridging the gap between the church and the worlds. It's as if that's the only antidote to being a celebrity, right? Something that will take you outside yourself. And while none of us are celebrities that I know of, all of us have the same temptation to celebrity, the temptation to withdraw into ourselves. It's easier now more than it ever has been after the pandemic with all the technology of communication we have that nevertheless cuts us off from real relationship and community. There's a temptation to withdraw, but there's an invitation to go out, to be called into community, to be called for community. It seems to me a lot of people are searching for that, not just a sense of meaning in life, but a sense of meaning in community. It's hard to have a spiritual life in isolation that goes off the rails. You can just ask Kanye West. But Samuel and Nathaniel and Paul knew that it's hard to understand what God is saying to you unless you have that relationship, that trust, that mentor to go to, to understand. It's hard to do anything alone, in fact. We can pretend to be self-sufficient for a few years if we're young and healthy, But even then, just ask all the people who would rather go to something like CrossFit than work out on their own. This is why we read the Bible in community. This is why we pray in community. It's why we try to serve our community as a community. And to be honest, that's what is most interesting to me about these stories of celebrity transformation or these stories of the calls of the disciples. It's this process of people being brought outside themselves by a call that comes from outside themselves not just having a renewed faith in God directly, but a faith that's together with a community. 
Now, I realize that I'm preaching to the choir a little bit this morning. If you are here on a Sunday morning, on a three-day weekend, you may already value community. And if you're somebody who's in that situation, I wonder whether you might be the Philip in the story who knows some Nathaniels, or whether you might be a Sam, an Eli, right, who knows some Samuels. In other words, whether you might be a person to whom other people come, or whether you might hear other people's questions, people who are looking for meaning, people who are looking for something outside themselves, but don't know where to find it. People whose attitude toward the church might even be, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And to be fair, we know plenty of bad has come out of the church as well. But I wonder whether our answer to that question can be anything other than come and see, just as Philip says. When we're looking for something, when the people in our lives are looking for something, when we ask those questions, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see can be the only reply sometimes. What's that centering prayer thing on Thursday nights? Come and see. How can you call yourself a Christian with all the terrible things the church has done? Come and see. What are you doing this weekend? Come and see. There's only one way to answer the questions about what our spiritual experience is, what our faith is, because it's not a series of ideas. It's not even a series of actions that we do. It's an experience of being together in community. There's only one way to explain all the hours that we spend together in this place. And guess what? It's that. Come and see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.